The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It is Taco Tuesday here in Mexico, where I'm coming to you from. Uh, I got Terry Wolf, our usual Tuesday guest, our man in Manitoba, joining us first hour, and TC Pearson uh, out in Minnesota will be on second hour to talk about uh, local corruption and and hey i thought you know since i'm wearing a tnt radio shirt uh you know remind viewers listeners to check out some of the tnt radio merch i got a bunch of myself you can get get a tnt radio coaster uh i'm gonna mouse pad tnt radio mouse pad there you go so uh, check out the uh the shop what's going on in the world uh today terry baudet the uh awesome fantastic dutch politician of the uh, fvd forum for democracy i had him on my podcast last year uh which made national dutch news but he's been assaulted for a second time this is absolutely crazy i think they're having their election uh, tomorrow uh, he he is okay he was uh, lucky the 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 bottle people can actually watch the video i think he was in a bar somewhere and someone uh, assaulted him with a bottle uh and someone made a list actually that's uh there's a a recent pattern of of leftist attacks and assassin assassination attempts on populist leaders isn't this funny why are all the anti-globalist mostly conservative-ish politicians being attacked and assassinated and never the left-wing globalist um politicians you know Terry Baudet you had the founder of the Vox party in Spain shot in the face um the AFD in Germany co-leader was hospitalized last month uh as well as a, a second AFD politician um and you know many more in Ecuador uh a few politicians were assassinated recently so that's crazy and Michael Rechtenwald was canceled by his publisher just recently which is absolutely crazy he's he's uh done great work uh author who I've interviewed he's running for president now as a libertarian candidate his publisher sent him a letter to cancel him because of his stance on uh what's going on in Israel Palestine and then it's it's again it's very timely all these things all these cancellations uh are going on when you got New York uh governor dictator Kathy Hochul announcing the development of media literacy tools for K through 12 students. This will, she says, quote, this will teach students how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation and online hate. I mean, this is absolutely insane, total totalitarianism, uh, totally Orwellian. Uh, I mean, they put into place things like NewsGuard, right? For students, when they log onto the school computers, NewsGuard is there, which was created basically by the Pentagon. And now they're pushing this. Uh, I, I'm glad I'm not teaching <laughs> for now uh, any longer. But I mean, this is just totally Orwellian. If 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 one of the kids gets away from them and thinks independently, um, you know, they, they're trying to put into place this system, w- which will, uh, you know, correct their wrong think their 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 thought crimes and rumble. 
uh they underwent a heavy a major ddos attack recently so you can see that the establishment the authorities the globalists are you know whacking anti-globalist politicians um attacking anti-globalist platforms like rumble it's just uh it's 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 pretty crazy and in in world government news this is a recent article from democracy without borders and i've interviewed one of the folks out there from democracy without borders and uh the article is titled you, you need to know how to read globalese the article is titled international democracy as a solution to the israeli palestinian conflict now international democracy means world government so basically you know let's let's translate this article problem uh israel palestine conflict solution one world government and in the article you know they talk about a one world movement albert einstein who was a proponent of world government um it says one world vision in the article that's what the author is discussing so hey you know for for every problem the solution is world government government uh basically so that's going on there's a bunch of algorithm ghetto news police in the United Kingdom are planning to identify criminals by taking their photos with mobile phones and running them through a database with facial recognition software so we've got a problem here with the Constitution now and you know this is not going to be limited to the UK this is going to happen in all countries um you know many times in the US an officer might uh unlawfully ask for your identification and according to the Constitution if you're not being detained you don't have to provide it but what are you going to do now the officer's just going to run up to you uh you know swish his mobile scan your face now then he's going to know he knows who you are uh so um that is interesting <laughs> the times that we live in now authorities can just scan your face they don't need to ask for your ID uh and then you've also got the World Bank very keen on cattle tagging Ethiopians World Bank uh a planning document for Ethiopia's digital ID program supplied to the World Bank reveals that basically the World Bank has granted Ethiopia 350 uh, million dollars to, to, to push forward digital ID so they're really keen on that you know who else is keen Hungary the country of Hungary is keen on rolling out or on cattle tagging their citizens and uh Australia of course the 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 article is titled Australians do not understand incoming digital ID system uh I'll, I'll rewrite the title there uh Australians um don't know how amazing the algorithm ghetto is is going to be so uh, again they're complaining how Australians really they don't know how good this digital ID system is is, is going to be for them you know it's so inclusive it's going to be so amazing of course it's going to be uh allow the ruling elites to unplug anyone who who becomes a troublemaker right so as, as we've seen in recent past uh memory all right if you miss your anyone who who becomes a troublemaker right so as, as we've seen in recent past uh memory all right if you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview you can always listen back when you want whenever you want just go to visit visit episodes on tntradio.live we're also on all the major podcast platforms Apple Google Spotify Amazon 
Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. There's no reason to miss anything on TNT Radio. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to Pentagon officials, U.S. forces stationed at Ain al-Assad Air Base in Iraq were attacked early Tuesday, prompting a U.S. military aircraft to strike back. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, everybody. Um, so according to a statement coming from a spokesperson for CENTCOM, U.S. Central Command, the Ain al-Assad airbase in western Baghdad came under attack on November 20th when Iran-backed militia members launched a, quote, close-range ballistic missile, end quote, at U.S. and coalition forces stationed at the Iraqi airbase, injuring eight people and inflicting, quote, some minor damage, end quote, on the base's infrastructure. U.S. forces immediately responded to responded to the attack by directing an AC-130 gunship in the area to fire upon the suspected attackers, the CENTCOM spokesperson says. The U.S. aircraft hit a vehicle used by the suspected Iran-backed militia members, as well as several suspected militia fighters involved in the short-range missile attack. The AC-130 gunship is a heavily armed, long-endurance ground attack variant of the C-130 Hercules fixed-wing cargo plane. It carries a wide array of ground attack weapons. The attack on Ain al-Assad marks the 66th time U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria have come under attack since October 17th. In total, at least 62 U.S. personnel have been injured across 32 separate attacks in Iraq and 34 in Syria. The most recent AC-130 strike marks the fourth time since October 17th, that U.S. aircraft have carried out an armed response to attacks on U.S. positions in Iraq and Syria. In the first three cases, U.S. aircraft targeted suspected Iranian-linked personnel and facilities throughout Syria on October 26th, November 8th, and November 12th. The November 20th response is the first time since October 17th that U.S. forces have specifically targeted Iran Iranian-linked militia fighters within Iraq. They're going to have to come up with a better name than just calling them Iranian-linked-backed militia members. It's a mouthful. Uh, The three prior U.S. airstrikes in Syria were pre-planned operations, while the November 20th action was not, according to Pentagon spokesperson Sabrina Singh. At least that's what she said during a November 21st press briefing. Quote, we were able to identify the point of origin of these attacks because an AC-130 was already in the area and therefore was able to respond, end quote. While most of the 66 attacks directed against U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria were the result of rocket barrages and remotely piloted explosive-laden one-way drones toward known U.S. positions, Ms. Singh said the November 20th attack on Ain al-Assad represents the first time since October 17th that U.S. forces have specifically been targeted with a ballistic missile. She did not provide any additional details about the type of ballistic missile used in the recent attack. The recent pattern of suspected Iran-backed militia attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria coincides, of course, with the fighting going on between Israel and Hamas since the event that took place on October 7th. So uh, as we 
spoken about her Rory multiple, multiple times on this show. Uh, we're waiting for the party to kick off and uh, things appear to be escalating quite quickly. And you'll notice all of these reports. Anytime you see this stuff happening, it's always I ran this, I ran that. Am I am I right? You are correct. And you know, wh what are we doing in, in Iraq? That's not our neighborhood. You know, imagine foreign countries, uh, you know, hanging, hanging on, uh, hanging around the United States or North America. Uh, but if anyone missed my chat last night, it was just uh, published with Lee Slusher. We talked a bit about this. Uh, he's got a quarter of a century of experience um, in, in intelligence and uh, supporting black ops. And he he's been stationed all around the world. But yeah, I saw CENTCOM tweet uh, saying that an A A-130 gunship engaged individuals responsible for launching a missile attack on the airbase. The gunship maintained visual confirmation of the individuals from the time of the launch to the time of an, an engagement. And then I, I did see uh, from the Islamic resistance in Iraq, they put out a, a, a memo or something uh, to that extent saying in response to the crimes committed by the enemy against our people in Gaza, the Mujahideen of the Islamic resistance in Iraq targeted the American occupation base. Uh, and then, you know, the cradle, which is a good source when it comes to Middle Eastern affairs, they just published today uh, from one of their experts an article that says Gaza truce won't halt the regional war. The regional war is here. The axis of resistance assesses that the U.S. and Israel intend to prolong the Gaza war indefinitely and determines that a regional escalation is now unavoidable. So it's definitely not looking good, Ruckus, and what you and I and, and others have been discussing, just extrapolating on this trend, uh, there are many interests that that like would like the war to keep it going military industrial complexes in the west but i don't doubt you know right the russian military industrial complex the chinese the iranian uh your, your, your further thoughts yeah well you, you made an interesting point like what are we doing out there right what are we doing in iraq what why don't we ask the 2500 troops u.s troops in iraq right now yeah did you know also there's 900 of them out in syria we should ask those guys and gals and I guess maybe a small handful of unicorns uh, what they what they say. But um, according to a Reuters report, I, I saw that there are that many troops in those areas on a mission. It says aims to advise and assist local forces trying to prevent a resurgence of Islamic State, uh, which uh, in 2014 seized large swaths of both countries before being defeated at least according to Reuters and or Fox News. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know what we're doing over there, uh, but uh, I imagine maybe one day quietly on the back page of uh, the New York Times or something, they'll they'll explain it all to us, Herbori. And uh, also, you know, Israel today reported, well, a video was published from Tasnim, which I think is an Iranian outlet, and uh, this video, it was reported that Iran's armed forces raised their alert level and launched a large military exercise. So it just seems like we are spiraling towards the uh, in inevitable. Uh, I did catch uh, an interesting article from Jeff Nyquist 
that he recently published to his blog. Uh, I've had him on the program. I should probably get him back. And he says, Russia cannot successfully invade Europe or battle the U.S. without using nuclear weapons. If we look at China's preparations for war against the U.S. and China's alliance with Russia, there is every reason to think that Moscow and Beijing are contemplating a nuclear world war. So definitely interesting times we are living in. We got Terry Wolf joining us, our man in Manitoba. Phone lines are open. If anyone wants to call in, we'll be right back. You should hear what Patrick Henningsen's talking about. So all the Israelis are really escalating air attacks and bombing attacks uh, to a degree that we haven't even seen before. Why this escalation? Why is it happening right now? This is a big problem. And this has been going on now for four weeks, ladies and gentlemen. And still no calls for a ceasefire, no definitive or categorical calls anyway from the U.S. leadership, from those who, from the onset, let's face it, they were backing this military action by Israel uh, on the Gaza Strip. And everybody thought, well, how bad could it be? How long could it go? Here we are a month later we're still here we're still talking to you we're still reporting this and another hospital was uh, hit last night as well well over 30 medical facilities and hospitals have been uh, hit and uh, taken out of action in some cases pulverized by the israeli occupation forces or the idf as it's uh, widely known patrick henningson on today's news talk tnt radio take us back in time and who was mike flynn he was the national security advisor to the president. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming president of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. This moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism, but the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com Without CO2, 
The world stops breathing. CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Returning to the broadcast is our man in Manitoba, Terry Wolf, author of Maybe Everyone is Wrong, Revelations, Conspiracy, and the Kingdom of Heaven, Fire in the Rabbit Hole, and his latest is God's Fault, book one, The Paradox of Fundamentalism. Uh, I kid you not when I say that Terry has been seen by millions on TikTok before he was uh, deplatformed. Uh, the website is wolfpox.com. How are you doing, Terry? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Um, I, I like TNT radio. I like being able to discuss the news and, and headlines and stuff that are going on. I was thinking I might start just because it's such a such an odd thing uh, with uh, this thing. I noticed um, Alex Jones making a video game. Uh, it's called NWO Wars. Uh, not to plug it because I don't know. I wouldn't support it. It's, it's like 20 bucks American. Uh, and it's definitely not worth it if you're a fan of gaming it's just sort of a meme but um alexjonesgame.com is what it is if you don't believe me it's a it's a little side scroller really simplistic sort of um if, if you're familiar with the metal slug series or a lot of sort of just mindless shooting side scroller type things but it's got all sorts of references and jokes in there like uh you basically you have to walk around killing Mark Zuckerberg and Fauci and Hillary Clinton and, and these uh, parodies. And uh, so I don't know what anyone else thinks of this, but I think this is in a way it's kind of sad that Alex Jones could be putting out real documentaries that give you meaningful insight and backstory to everything and tell you how the system works. And instead they're memeing a $20 crappy video game uh, that you know, it looks like it was made in an afternoon and it's like your Donald Trump flies into the screen and vaporizes the bad guy with his laser eyes. I mean, that literally happens in the, in the game. And this is what Alex Jones is doing with his massive reach and, and, you know, production studio. Well, Terry, it's not 20 bucks. It's seventeen seventy six, seventeen dollars and 76 cents. <laughs> Um, but I, I actually do plan on buying it, and I think uh, what, what you um, have said is uh, is true as well. It's kind of like Alex Jones, you know, Contra. Remember Contra, the video game on Nintendo? Yep. Absolutely amazing. I played that as a kid. Uh, Duke Nukem as well. It's got a, a bit of a, the vibe of Duke Nukem and, and Contra. And, and I, I do see it as a novelty item. I think it's kind of cool that they made something like this, but I think it's it's like you say it'd be cooler if they were doing documentaries and then they throw something out like this out there, you know, as sort of a novelty item. But the sense that I'm getting from Alex Jones, and I watch him from time to time, is that it's almost like he's openly desperate for cash, like like he's peddling right. stuff. You know, I, I have a copy of the first book, Great Reset. I haven't even read it yet. Now he's got, he got a second book. And then I, I thought that he had written you know that he sat down and wrote it himself and then after hearing him himself say that basically he like he'd record some thoughts and then send it to a ghostwriter or whatever and i'm like oh, wow for me that's not cool if you're gonna write a book you the author you're gonna sit down and write write it all out you know i don't i don't like for, for me you know writing is almost like a sacred thing 
Uh, I don't think it's cool to have other people meddling. I want to hear what Alex Jones from his soul has to say, or any author for that matter. Uh, and so I, you know, it just seems like, and he's talking about this all the time. And I understand, you know, that they've come after him. Uh, and any production, whether it's TNT radio or Infowars or, you know, a podcast, you need resources, you need capital, you need money. And it's, and it's scarce, but I think it's kind of, as you say, uh, you know, I miss the good old days when we had Endgame, uh, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, and and absolutely, uh, yeah, whatnot. No, yeah, that was that was really what uh, proved that he, because a lot of those things still hold up. That's still one of the best documentaries. I mean, I think even carbon taxes and that kind of stuff was being discussed back then, and that was that took almost you know twenty years to really manifest um, in a way that people could notice in the ever. So I don't know. I just. I do also find this funny. I saw somebody playing it the whole thing through, so I'm not going to play it myself. It's it is a novelty, you know, and I have no problem with him making money and making products and and being funny too. Um, that, that that's a big part of you know staying sane and getting people involved too. But um, this is very surface level meme type stuff. Like Tucker Carlson shows up in a van and throws red pills at bad guys and stuff. It's like, you know, okay, good for you. You got. You know, you got this going, but uh, I would love to see the next thing be another another major documentary. That's what I would love to do if I was in his position. I guess that's how I kind of think of it. Um, I would also love to make video games that satirize things. So I'd probably try to do both. Yeah, but even you know, even documentaries, uh, he was involved in helping produce. There was one on COVID. They were supposed to do, I think, a five part series, and I think they only did one or two. Um, and I think it was the producer or director from. I think the company was called Framing the World, and who he does great work, but I haven't even watched that. You know, it's it's come, it's been a year or two, and it's been sitting on my desktop here, uh, and so we're just overloaded with information. It's 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 getting really difficult to consume, even the really good uh, stuff. So, uh, you know, I think times have also changed. You know, since Endgame came out, and there's all these new platforms and 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 things like this, and so. Times have changed a bit, but real quick, Terry, we're going to jump to our headlines. Good news, people. Now, TNT Radio News. Here, Here is your headline. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Ukraine has lost over 13,700 troops and approximately 1,800 tanks and other heavy weaponry so far this month, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu said on Tuesday during a ministerial meeting. Taiwan's people have to make a choice in next year's election about whether the island keeps moving forward on the road to democracy or walk into the embrace of China. The front runner of the next president said on Tuesday. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's news talk, TNT Radio. We continue our chat with Terry Wolf and and Terry. By the way, how does it feel? It's the first time people can can see you now. We've been chatting for over a year. Uh, how does it feel to be now on the video transmission? I, it feels great. I think that's a, a wonderful move. Um, I look forward to you guys having lots of video. I think it's going to pile up very quickly, and and I think it will make a big difference. So, um, for myself to be, you know, I, I do TikTok videos. I like to be on video and. Uh, I think it helps people connect way more and obviously the i think the audio is still there and people can still subscribe to all the other old places too but um i know people when i mentioned the idea that you guys are going to be doing video they were excited 
way more than if I said, you know, tune into just the audio. And and it's good to have options these days because some people prefer just audio, others uh, video, and and so forth. Um, you know, one story you brought to my attention here is uh, I think just from yesterday uh, in the in the UK. I mean, it's crazy. A, a male-born transgender athlete, uh, basically a, a dude, a dude who looks like a lady, right? I'm going to steal uh, Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith's line there. Uh, transgender athlete has quit a British soccer team, I guess a, a female British soccer team, when faced with opposing teams refusing to play against his team after he broke an opponent's knee during a match. Um, it's I mean, this is good, but I think the female players should have refused to play before he even broke uh, anybody's knee. But uh, your, your thoughts here? Yeah, this is I mean, this kind of stuff just strikes me as a sign of the times. Of course, it's, um, you know, the fact that this was even humored is is disgraceful, in my opinion. I mean, uh, you can I, I don't really know what it's like, but soccer in Britain, it's like, it's a kind of a sacred thing. I mean, it's so much bigger out there than it is in Canada or America. And like, it's such, a, such an old tradition by now. And then by the way, it says even after quitting, the trans player is threatening to sue. So there might be a lawsuit on the heels of this yet. So you, you go ahead and allow this person on the team. They have this huge biological advantage. They apparently are very aggressive and actually break the knees of the enemy female team and then have the audacity to quit and then also threaten to sue uh so i mean i don't know the all the details of this i saw this on breitbart but um as a sign of the times i just think that's that's where we're at in in terms of culture and tolerance and sort of the the paradox of the tolerance where what about the what about the consideration of the women who are getting beat up and this team that's going to get sued what about everyone else involved in here there's a and the tradition of the sport and all these things that apparently don't matter compared to this guy's you know feelings that he should be able to go in here probably would suck on an all-male team but um here he is getting away with everything and i i don't know if you saw this story from yesterday i haven't commented uh on it a couple days ago putin this is rt Putin says something unexpected about LGBTQ and it's a rather confusing report it's very brief um but basically you know it says that members of the LGBT community and its culture are part of a modern society and shouldn't be barred from being represented at cultural events or contests Putin believes um I guess he was asked um uh, a question related to this by the Serbian film director Emir Kusturica uh, and Putin said yes indeed we see that at various competitions in Western countries in order to win something you need to either tell write or show the lives of sexual minorities transgenders and transformers many transformers many different names uh for them the president stressed that equality should be a universal principle including in cultural contests and this kind of strikes me as odd Terry, because you know, isn't Putin so supposed to be some grand defender of orthodoxy and tradition? Yet it seems like he's slowly, you know, um, showing some globalist colors. You know, any thought on his comments here? That is interesting. I think 
from my understanding of Russian politics, they don't mind talking out of both sides of their mouths, just like Americans. And then the in both cases, the reality will will kick in later. You know what they really believe will be in, in the action, but they don't mind appeasing people by giving empty words. At the same time, I mean, if he, it sounds like he's just saying, don't literally forbid these people from going into public spaces and and being in events. So I don't think that's an extreme position. That's a that's some basic tolerance I would agree with. I don't think they should be discriminated against and punished in these ways. It's just not making crazy exceptions and pretending like they belong on a sports team that they don't or something. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. That could be a that could be a, a change of policy, or it could just be something to to throw out there to appease some moderates, something like that. All right, and to turn a bit towards tech news, uh, I I don't even you know I'm not a big crypto guy, but a lot of stuff is going on with Binance now and Tether. It's being reported Tether freezes 225 million uh, USDT. Feds say is linked to human trafficking. Um, so it seems like the establishment is coming after um, you know non CBDCs. What do you make of all of this? Well, for those who thought that cryptocurrency would be a decentralized thing that could never be backtracked, never be uh, decrypted, and and that you couldn't you know ever link back to you if you want to buy you know some forbidden uh, literature or something when you know when the censorship really hits hard and the blockchain is going to save you, here you have these these exchanges working with secret service to freeze funds to track down individuals um so i don't know what the the anonymity is really good for if ultimately it's even more uh traceable than cash like so i don't know it, to me this has just struck me as uh as a bullet in the the whole argument that you'll be safe if you use cryptocurrency maybe somebody smarter than me could explain why that's not the case but um here's a headline about it anyway they're they're openly cooperating the exchange everything has to basically go through an exchange and these exchanges are real companies that have ceos and traditional uh hierarchies basically so i don't see why they can't be squeezed and and then apparently technologically they can just do this they can they can reverse engineer it or however you want to say it and um and I guess maybe they get even threatened by the government if they don't cooperate with this stuff. Uh, so I, I'd be curious to know how these cooperations begin and where they end and how much they're doing that they're not telling anyone. And uh, so anyone who's in that market, I would like, to, if you can, call in and, and we'll try to figure it out if you know more about it than I do. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've held the thesis that Bitcoin is a globalist Trojan horse. You know, Mark Yevtovich of Capitalist Bomb, uh, no, I think it's the Bomb Thrower um, newsletter. I've had him, had him on the program uh, a number of times and speak to him off air here and then. Um, he just published a great article saying that it doesn't matter if Bitcoin was created by the system or, or, or not. And, you know, kind of as you're alluding to, it could be co-opted, you know, even if they didn't create it, look at everything that they're doing to to co-opt it to ban it 
And it's interesting here, it says self-custodied digital wallets holding USDT were linked to a human trafficking syndicate in Southeast Asia. The criminals were running a pig, bu pig butchering scam, a type of scheme that involves setting up a fake profile on social media to con someone into sending money for a bogus investment opportunity. And, and you know, if we can look at the whole client side scanning thing that the EU has been trying to do, uh, and who knows even if this is true, because, you know, we know that the EU and the Brussels are lying through their teeth when they say, oh, we're concerned about uh, child pornography. So we need to be able to read all of your messages and emails. They're just totalitarian, evil liars. And so it could be the same thing in this Bitcoin case. Oh, human trafficking, blah, blah, blah. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ban Tether or, you know. They're the ones uh, going to Epstein Island. They're the ones that are, they're culpable and guilty. And they're the ones that are so concerned. How about you do an internal investigation into all of your own people and, you know, leave the average person, a law abiding person alone. But it's, it is 1984. It's it's spying and um, it's overreach and and so where where does this really end and why are these exchanges cooperating? Do they have a choice? Uh, it doesn't really feel like they do if they're going along with it. And and considering how mainstream wise, there's not that much adoption of cryptocurrency. There's not many opportunities to use it in any sort of practical way, probably except for the black market is and for stuff like drugs and human trafficking. It's probably the the main usage of it i mean i don't know what else you spend it on except for current selling it back into traditional currency so um and so the fact that this is already being tracked and and cracked down on by people not a good sign for those who who think this is the future of decentralized web 3.0 thing where you own all your own data and it's totally private and safe and governments and corporations can't touch it like i, I don't believe that well, you know, I, I was looking at some stuff um, in El Salvador yesterday, and it seems like even in rural areas in, in El Salvador, you can pay with Bitcoin, uh, you know, at, at like street uh, food vendors. So, you know, in places like El Salvador, it seems to be working, but in other places, not so much, as you say. And, you know, speaking of fraud, I thought I'd mention, you know, almost every day now I'm being... I don't know if it's just the 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 crime is just increasing the, the, these types of schemes and frauds, but I, I keep getting SMS messages um, saying today I got one that said, "Hey, you're, you, we tried to um, deliver your package twice, and if you don't click on this link and register, um, huh. you're gonna miss yeah. your package." And I'm just sitting there, I didn't order anything, and so I just you know deleted. I didn't even read the SMS. I deleted it, and it's just like you know if you click that. Hey, maybe Pegasus takes over my cell phone or whatever. And it's just nonstop phones and SMS and emails. And um, yeah, so I just, you know, people need to be careful. And we, we've also got this um, Sam Altman thing going on, OpenAI. I think there was an issue of something with him and his sister, allegations that, um, uh, I don't know, he was, there was some sexual shenanigans. But uh, here it says Microsoft CEO, Satya Nadella announced that uh, Sam Altman, uh, former OpenAI CEO Sam Altman, um, was going to join Microsoft. Uh, and then less than a day later, says that he's trying to return to OpenAI. Uh, and I, I did see an interview with Elon Musk where he was talking about these big tech wars where basically it's been like a battle between Microsoft um, and, and, and Musk and others. And it seems like Microsoft maybe wants to take over the whole uh ai stuff and you know of course they're 
a lot of these outfits are linked to the Pentagon, right? To the military industrial complex. And what do you make of uh, some of these developments? Yeah, I would actually exactly frame that in um, with a different story that is interesting to me. I got this from uh, WTOP News, but Pentagon AI chief talks about uh, network-centric warfare and generative AI challenges. So here you have the Pentagon's chief digital and artificial intelligence officer. So lots of people wouldn't even know that exists, but they, the Pentagon, the Department of War, basically uh, has their own AI chief officer and his name's Craig Martell. And he does this whole interview that I found very interesting about how the military is using AI. And you have Sam Altman who wants WorldCoin, where you scan your iris, you, uh, you, know, you get this universal basic income. That could be sort of the basis of it that it's again, it's supposed to be so private and and secure. You just trust the trust them to hold your data. Um, you know, for the for Sam Altman to be bouncing back and forth between Microsoft and he got fired from OpenAI, but I guess they're willing to take him back or something. Um, I don't particularly believe that any of these guys are actually developing the technology. I think they're mostly just faces to put on the faces for the crowd so that. You don't realize that there's some, you know, military engineer in the background that's doing the real work. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, that's certainly how I feel about Elon Musk. And Sam Altman gives me a lot of Elon Musk vibes. But if I can just uh, quote some stuff here from this Craig Martell, it's they ask him. So the goal is global information dominance. What do you need to succeed? He says, we are finally getting at network-centric warfare, how to get the right data to the right place at the right time. There's a hierarchy of needs, quality data at the bottom, analytics and metrics in the middle, AI at the top. For this to work, most important is high-quality data. They say, how should we think about AI use in military applications? That's like proper military applications, I guess. Uh, he says... All AI is really counting the past to predict the future. I don't really think modern wave of AI is any different. And then uh, here's another one. The mili U.S. military is using AI tech to assist Ukraine. How are you helping? And then he says, our team is not really involved in the Ukraine uh, other than to help build a database for how allies provide assistance. It's called Sky Blue. Uh, we're just helping to make sure that that stays organized. So... You know, it's a fascinating look at how the Pentagon's chief AI off, uh, you know, chief of digital and artificial intelligence is just openly talking about how they're using this. It's net network centric warfare, information dominance. Uh, they want to be ahead of the curve. Sam Altman is developing the AI. Microsoft wants to be part of that. Obviously, there's going to be massive contracts. Um, I think uh, Palantir was Peter Thiel's. Uh, attempt at this. And I think they've already had a lot of success with the Department of Defense. And so, um, you know, billions and billions of dollars, massive contracts for those who can win over the U.S. military. And so uh, these moves, like if they don't go to Microsoft, maybe it goes to work for Palantir. Maybe it goes to work for something else that is in this realm of competition. That's why they're so heated up about it is because it's the future of warfare. Uh, basically, you know, intelligence, information dominance. Yeah, and this was a good find. I had another thought on this as well, but first we got to jump to our break. We'll be right back.
De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Once again, I'm going to quote from my buddy Mark Marano's Climate Depot. This is just unbelievable what I see going on at this summit between Biden and the Chinese government. As a matter of fact, the most alarming thing is that John Kerry was anywhere around that place. These two guys and their administrations have been bullying the United States of America over a problem that even if it existed, we have very little to do with it. Australia, UK, you have nothing to do with it. Canada, you have nothing to do with it. Seriously, if you look at the amount of CO2 you put in the air compared to total CO2, it truncates to zero. Now, who is the biggest polluter, if you want to call CO2 pollutant? It's China. So expert raise alarm after Biden strikes climate agreement with China to shut down fossil fuels. What, what kind of insanity is this? China thumbs their nose and laughs at the rest of the world. And guess what? It's our fault they do it. You know why? They know darn well that this is not a big disaster. They know darn well they have to push forward their population. I mean, I realize China's in bad shape as far as freedoms go, but they are trying to work in their own whatever manner to try to create more freedoms and more prosperity for China. So of course they're going to sit there and try to stop the United States. And these guys just walk right into it. It's disgusting. Americans are letting a guy and his buddy John Kerry bully them over a situation they have precious little to do with. Let me read you the facts. CO2 is 0.042% of the atmosphere. Man is responsible for 3 to 5% of that. The United States is responsible for 10% of that total. Australia, Canada, the UK, about 1%. Essentially, it's nothing. Much ado about nothing. They weaponize weather in a phony climate war. It's unbelievable. This is TNT, climate and weather watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. I need to go get my rabies shots. <laughs> my baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> so lovely, yeah. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those beans smell heavenly. Mm -hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It is our final segment here with Terry Wolf of wolfpox.com. We were talking about Alex Jones's new video game earlier. And, you know, Alex Jones has actually played clips of Terry uh, on air uh, on InfoWars, which is pretty uh, amusing. But just to go back for a second to um, the article we were discussing, just one more portion of the article I thought was interesting. He, this uh, uh, Pentagon dude was asked 
there's much discussion about autonomous lethal weaponry like attack drones as I call it Skynet becoming self-aware the consensus is humans will ultimately be reduced to a supervisory role being able to abort missions but mostly not interfering sound right and he answers in the military we train with the technology until we develop a justified confidence we understand the limits of a system know when it works and when it might not how does it how does this map to autonomous systems take my car I trust the adaptive cruise control on it the technology that's supposed to keep it from changing lanes on the other hand is terrible so I don't have justified confidence in that system and don't use it extrapolate that to the military kind of kind of sounds like he's saying that Skynet is not ready for prime time just yet but again you know who knows if we can trust the the spokespeople for the military industrial complex yeah you did also have this interesting story about how a uh, how Israel arrested an NBC journalist for inciting terror uh that basically this NBC journalist was arrested uh on suspicion of inciting terrorism um they were living in East Jerusalem uh, arrested after four posts on their person personal Facebook page um this is pretty crazy and it just seems like they're using the Israel-Palestine situation you know the same things happening is happening with Julian Assange um Craig Murray the the former ambassador in the UK he came back to the UK uh, he was a former ambassador British ambassador to Uzbekistan I believe he came back to the UK was held by counter-terror police hit Clarenburg of Grey Zone also uh interrogated by counter-terror police it just seems like they're trying to make this trend now um basically they're trying to make 1984 a reality what do you make of this do you remember after 9-11 that there was basically this complete media complicity and everything nobody could ever speak against the Bush administration um you know you couldn't question the war uh, Tucker Carlson was just recently talking about that how he how much pressure there was to go along with the the different wars and stuff and he was guilty of going along with it here you have somebody doing journalism um according to their attorney you know just investigating uh it, it was personal it, it wasn't a big deal most people would never even hear about what she was investigating but you know arrested for suspicion of inciting terrorism like that's such a weak you could arrest anybody for that like a suspicion oh we suspect you and then uh she gets fired you know NBC spokesperson said uh, she will not be contributing to our coverage going forward uh so like they're they're just it's like radiation right you just want to distance yourself from it it was like 9 11 you just get away from the people who are questioning the agenda the the Patriot Act you know it must be a good thing let's just because we're all so sensitive right now and that I think Israel wants it to be like that I'm just not seeing it in pop culture in uh, social media it feels like people are being critical right now which is surprising it's a big relief for me that people can still be thinking critically about this a lot of people are sort of mindlessly against Israel or mindlessly for Israel of course but I'm seeing a lot of interesting discussion around this and this is a story to me where an NBC journalist gets arrested for something as weak as suspicion of inciting terrorism because of some some journalism so um another sign of the times I don't know like you said there are ex other examples I'm not familiar with those but 
how far is Israel going to push the control of the narrative? I mean, they've I think they banned uh, Al Jazeera, right, or something like, or at least one part of it. I, I remember hearing something about that. Um, Israel is going to be a very interesting place to watch for information control, and of course, that's again where AI can come in handy. Uh, different uh, social media control algorithms. This is what it's all for: is for these events where people are suddenly questioning the narratives. And the way I'm kind of seeing it is, if we think about it, they're using the pretext of uh, martial law because it's war. It's wartime, like we have always seen during the world wars. It's it's war, so constitution is suspended, just like during uh, COVID. But right. yeah. think about this now, if we're in a global forever war on terror. So if you're an American citizen, if you're in the United States, and it's vassals like Australia, the Five Eyes countries, you know, New Zealand. The same goes for Australia, New Zealand, Canada, USA. You, you can't question anything. You're going to be arrested. You're a domestic terrorist because it's war. Uh, now in Israel, they're at war. Same thing in the EU, basically, because the EU is, is is part of this global war on terror. So again, in the, Alina Lip, German journalist, others, uh, Philip Graham in the UK, who's in the Donbass now, he's had everything suspended in 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 the UK. Um, in Russia, same thing now. If you if you, if you're a Russian citizen patriot and you question the collective Kremlin, um, same thing is going to happen to you in China. Hey, we're at war. Taiwan, China is at war with U.S. over Taiwan. So it just seems like, except for here, like Latin America so far, in Latin America and Africa, uh, but everywhere else, if if you you know make a wrong social media post, hey, we're at war, martial law, EU, U.S., Middle East, Russia, China. It, it just seems like little by little. They're using every ex excuse. It's like a, a a wheel where you know first it's COVID, and then it's war, and then it's going to be environment, and they're just one by one right. slicing away our, our our freedoms. You know, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And martial law is obviously the word that they they're not going to use, but um, that that's what's happening under the the pretext of these things. And um, you know, the more false flag events there are. I think the climate too, the the weather wars and, and just misreporting statistics, um, you know, fear mongering in general is one of the keys to justifying all of this. So one of the best things people can do is to just stay calm and and do research and uh, talk to fellow people and, and calm them down and get them to sort of see through the smoke and mirrors that goes on. And, and that's one of the reasons why I like being on the show, why TNT radio, I think is important and to be able to cut through that stuff because uh, without the fear, a lot of these things just sort of are laid bare. You just sort of see the naked power grab. Just uh, We're just about out of time, but this was a ridiculous story. Uh, Mr. Beast breaks down in tears as he's buried alive for seven days. Uh, my favorite comment came from Global Dissident Channel, which said, what's next? Influencers will kill themselves for likes and more views. I mean, it's seriously getting out of hand. They buried him for seven days. They gave him food and water, but I, I it would be traumatic to be, um, you know, in a uh, in six feet under for a week. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. So, any, any last thought on that? We got fifty seconds left, Terry. Yeah, we got to save this stuff for. I think David Blaine, you know, can do this. Uh, <laughs> I, I've seen some impressive stuff from him. I don't think I, I'm not impressed when Mr. Beast does it. I think. Um, you know, he got us to talk about it, so I guess that's the point. You know, I'm, I'm sure he benefits somehow. By the way, he built a bunch of wells in Africa and stuff, which I think was pretty cool. So, I mean, uh, he does weird stunts, but I think he was also doing some pretty good stuff. 
Yeah, interesting times. All right, Terry, always great to catch up. Wolfpox.com, winterchristian.substack.com. I'll be back with T.C. Pearson right after this.